There's only one thing better than owning your own company. Owning a company with good business practices. Welcome to Business is Good, the podcast where we talk business, community, and family. Get real game and shiny gems from accomplished entrepreneurs and business owners as we give you an inside look into the business community. We're on a mission to inspire young entrepreneurs and to educate small business owners on finances, taxes, deductions, accounting programs, and more. Ready for your business to be good? Here's Chantel. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. I am so happy to be back. I went on vacation the first time in almost two years. And let me tell you, it was great. Um, every day I was like, oh my God, it's almost over. And then it was over. I was like, no. But I'm happy to be back. There's so much to do. There's so much to talk about. And let's get into it. So this week's sponsor is called Womanpreneur. Womanpreneur is an organization that allows women in different businesses to come together in one community, in their, their local communities, um, to help one another and help each other become accountable for what they do. So if you search for Womanpreneur in your area, check them out and see if there's a local chapter in your area. You'd be surprised on how much you learn and how much community you get from the women a part of the organization. So thank you very much, Womanpreneur, for being our sponsor today. My name is Chantel Williams. I am the owner of the firm Accounting. And we have been in business actually, well, I personally have been in business for 20 years. And I'm so excited. We're getting ready to go into the tax season. And let me tell you, it is quite overwhelming to think about all the things we have going on. Um, we have training for the new agents every Tuesdays and Thursdays evenings. We have the podcast, of course, on Thursdays at 2 and 11 on Saturday mornings. And we have the new offices that are getting ready to start having grand openings. So I'm so excited. Um, and it just reminds me of all the things that we get to do to help our clients. <clears throat> so today's episode is going to be, how do we help our clients become millionaires? Right? For some people, becoming a millionaire just seems so not attainable, right? And it is so obtainable to become a millionaire. Most of us actually have a million dollars that flows through our hands on a constant basis every two to four years, depending on if you are one household income or a two household income. And most people don't think about it like that. Let me be honest, it takes almost a million dollars to raise one kid. And I have two, so I'm like, good Lord. Okay. <laughs> but for all of my moms and dads and parents out there who have multiple kids, my hat is off to you. Because it costs you guys a fortune to raise your babies. But that is a part of wealth building. And wealth building is a part of the three phases to become wealthy. Step one, building wealth. Who wants to be a millionaire? Ask yourself, do you want to be a millionaire? Is being a millionaire obtainable for you? 
Do you have more than just your regular income coming in? Do you have a side hustle? What kind of extra things can you do to make money? Some people just do their 9 to 5 or they own the business that they own and that's supposed to be enough. But if you think about the amount of time that we spend recklessly watching TV, helping most people become millionaires, uh, on our cellular devices, on social media, helping the people on social media become millionaires, or just not doing everything we could do with our time wisely, you actually are putting yourself in a place not allowing you to become the millionaire that you're helping others become. So, the question is, who wants to be a millionaire? Step two of this three steps of wealth building, protecting your wealth. Who wants to stay a millionaire once that happens for you in your life? Like, you don't want the money to come through your hands and then it's gone, right? It happens. It happens to all of us. It happened to me when I was like, in between, I got my mortgage license when I was 18. So, <clears throat> 18, I'd say from the time I was 18 to the time I was 25 years old, I probably had about $3 million come in and out of my hands, and it was gone. By the time I was 26, it was out of there. I couldn't tell you where it went. I mean, I could see... My, my properties, you know, I could see my vehicles, um, I had money in the bank, I had a couple of um, bags, you know, and some nice shoes and some great jewelry, but I couldn't see the millions. They were gone, right? So the question is, who wants to be a millionaire? Who wants to stay a millionaire? And step three of the three phases of wealth determining your wealth right and who wants to live and give like a millionaire how do you want to distribute your money how do you want your wealth to be distributed how do you determine how to distribute your wealth to live a decent life and the life that you want to be able to give and help people around you become a millionaire or become wealthy enough that they understand and have a better mindset to grow wealth and then to start creating some generational wealth within your family and others. The three phases of wealth building, right? Building wealth is make more money. You can do the same job and make more money. I'll give you a great example. I have about five lawn companies that we do their bookkeeping services for. One lawn company, this guy is freaking amazing. But he will cut your yard four times a week or four times a month for $125. Now, how many homes would he have to cut? How many people would have to be on his team? How many cars or trucks would he have to have out in the streets cutting yards for $175 a month, $50 a month? How much? How many? Now, I have another guy. He owns a company. It's him 
and about six workers, and he has decided he's going after government contracts. He has six riding lawnmowers, and he makes, after all expenses, he makes roughly $428,000 after paying his employees and sitting on a riding lawnmower and riding the lawns in the medians, what, uh, in the highway. They had the same idea, and, and I'm telling you, my first client, I keep having this conversation with him, but he's just like, he, he, I've said it to him so I can say it on, on the air, he thinks small. He, he thinks way too small, and there's nothing wrong with thinking big. It's nothing wrong with thinking outside of the box. It's nothing wrong with being brave enough to do something that you've never done before. The worst thing that could happen is you can mess up. And if you mess up, well, guess what? Get up, dust yourself off, start over again, and the mistake you made the last time, don't make again. The difference between him, company A, and the other guy, company B, was the other guy said, well, if I fall, the, the government is going to tell me what I did wrong. They're either going to fire me and I'm going to have to go find another contract in another place. Or they're going to give me the opportunity to correct the issue because my bid came in and the price is good enough for me to have this opportunity. I'll give you another example. I have uh, two companies who... Uh, basically, they get the plates and the silverware for the schools, for the elementary school. That's a government contract again, right? And one guy literally outbids everybody for his contract. He bids extremely low in order to put his hands on a million dollars, right? Between, I want to say it's about six, seven contracts he has through the state of Georgia. All his job is, is to order the silverware and the plates and have them delivered to the elementary schools and then the school board or the district pays him. And he has to do this process through a bid. But through the process of this bid, what happens is he's underbidding himself. So by the time he pays for the paper products, the delivery services, and everything else to happen, he probably makes about $40,000 a year, even though $1.3 million goes through his bank account every year. Now, this conversation that I had with him, I said, sir, you got to do better. You got to figure out if you're going to underbid yourself and not make any money or underbid yourself in one community and go to another and bid the way you need to so that you can make up the difference. He's trying to do that now. But I have another guy who orders the scrubs, the pull-off scrubs that you um, have, that they use in the hospitals. His job is very similar. He orders from China, he sends them here, and he bids through a government contract. Well, he bids knowing that he wants to net a dollar and thirty-five cents each each uniform. His goal is a dollar thirty-five each uniform. So he knows how many he needs to get in order to make his million dollars. Well, that means he needs to order at least a million, right? One million scrub, disposable scrubs, right? His contracts allows him to order 
four million scrubs and to supply to two hospitals in an area, right? Guess how much money he brings home? Because he didn't underbid himself, but he also knew what kind of money he wanted to net. So, when we're talking about wealth building, you can make more money doing the same thing that you do, just in a different way. Number two, we have to learn how to spend less. It is imperative that we spend less. I'm going to give y'all a little story. I'm going to do story time today. Okay. Now, if you know me, mm-hmm, I gave you the pop. If you know me, you know I have a Porsche, right? And I love this car. Like, I don't like to say, like, oh, I love this car. But it is a, it's a nice car. It's very comfortable. I like the look. I like the feel. It's my kind of thing. I was in Range Rovers for quite a few years, and I kind of outgrew that thing. This is the thing that I have, right? But my car is paid off now, okay? And they just released another one. Beautiful car. Oh, my goodness. Beautiful car. And I have to look. Well, I was actually on vacation. One was parked in the garage. And I was like, mm, 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 mm. I'm not going to do it. Porsche is already wealthy. I'm not even going to say rich. I said wealthy. They have already created enough generational wealth for the next 10 generations. Who am I to continue to help build their generational wealth? As much as I like the vehicle, I keep mine up. I pay for it. I take care of it. I keep it maintenance. And yes, this new car looks good and it has a little round arch to the body and the wing in the back looks a little different and they've done some stuff in the inside. If I start all over, it's not paid for. And those 50, 60, 70, or even $80,000 I would choose to pay for that vehicle is 50, 60, 70, or $80,000 more I have to build to my family's generational wealth. Because my last name ain't Porsche. Okay? So we have to learn how to spend less no matter how much or how we desire to get something else. You got to just say, no, we're not going to do it. You know, I, I used to love to go in Victoria's Secret because I love Victoria Pink. I'm a tights kind of lady. If I don't have to dress up, I'm going to put tights on, a business shirt, um, my jacket, and some comfortable shoes because I sit at a desk most of the time. And so I want to be comfortable. So I love, love, love pink. But one day I was doing my little switch out from my winter to my fall or my spring clothes or something like that. And I started counting how many pieces of pink items that I had and when I got to a certain number I said this is ridiculous Victoria's Secret is made enough money off of me at this point I'm not even going to the outlet okay but we have to do our own self checks no matter how much or money you have you have to just be aware to do your own self checks now three step three of this wealth building process Invest in appreciating assets. Do you have an asset that appreciates? And if you don't, why not? What's happening that you don't have an asset that appreciates? What's going on? And if you don't have one, right, why don't you and your family members who uh, all don't have one get together and figure out how to start a family fund? 
And if you're worried about someone not being fair, you can create an estate for this family fund to go in and start somewhere. Start in a place that will allow you and your family to create some generational wealth. You have to start somewhere and you can't be afraid of what you don't know. And if you are, there are plenty of people who are advisors, who are educated, who work in the banking industry that can assist you. Some of them sit right next to you in church and praise and worship. Have the conversation. There are some really, really smart people around you. Utilize them. I'm sure they would love to share their wealth of knowledge, that is. I'll give you an example. A lifetime earnings, assuming a person has a 40-year career, right, with a 3% annual increase in their earnings, if you initially started off at $50,000 over a 40-year time frame, you would only make roughly about $3.7 million. And if you work 50 years, $5.6 million. If you made $100,000 a year, then that lifetime earnings would roughly be around $7.5 million over 40 years and $11.2 million over 50 years. I'm saying this to say that most of us don't realize how much money truly flows through our hands. And if we're being smart about it, if we're investing right, are we making good decisions? Are we eating out when we could cook dinner? Did we pack leftovers last night or did we get a $10 lunch? Did we buy four cases of soda when you know how to make lemonade or tea? I'm just saying, okay? Do you know how to coupon, right? Mm. I'm a super couponer. I had to stop. I was so good at it that I had, I had to give myself a break. Because I was going in the stores, and I promise you, Publix was giving me money to walk out. And then they changed the rule. They was like, we can't give you cash, we can give you a gift card. Well, give me the gift card that's going to let me buy gas. I have not bought toilet paper or napkins or even personal hygiene items in over three years. We had to, we were, we was paying for storage to put the free stuff. I said, that's crazy. We, you know. We're paying for the stuff now that we got in storage. We got to take it out of storage. This is not making any sense. There are so many ways to create some wealth and save your money while you're doing it. Most Americans become millionaires. Most Americans could become millionaires. But the thing that keeps them from becoming millionaires is two things. One, the way they spend their money. People spend way, way, way too much money in cars. And then two, the second reason why you can't become a millionaire, well, they get a divorce, right? So the moral of the story is drive a used car and stick to your first spouse. <laughs> I'm just saying. 
Those are the two things that really causes an American household not to become a millionaire. It's because their finances is not in order. You have two people who have two brand new cars off of the car lot. You got one person paying $500 a month, another person paying $700 a month. You've got car insurance for both people. Maybe one person had a car accident, so you're paying $500 a month in car insurance. And we're not counting the maintenance and the service of the vehicle. And guess what? Just like that, in one month time span, you have spent over $1,300 and just driving. So back to what I was saying, as much as I would love that new vehicle, let me tell you, I'm not getting it. I, I already paid three something a month for car insurance for cars that are paid off. And I don't have no accidents under my belt. Okay? So it sucks. It absolutely sucks. But you know, you got to pay for insurance because we're not, we are responsible for the people who are on the road, including ourselves. So, how can you make more money? Well, I had a conversation with a client um, day before yesterday. She came in the office. She owes some, a lot of money to IRS and she was trying to figure out a way out. Now, mind you, she's very educated. She's a beautiful young lady. She's very young, and she's got a lot of good things going for her. But I said to her, are you willing to do, uh, what is it called, uh, the grocery delivery? She looked at me. I said, listen, pick an area that nobody knows you in and do grocery delivery. And have the money go into a different account that you can't see. Dedicate yourself to doing five deliveries a day so that you can at least say, I'm going to make $150 a day. And take that $150 a day and work it every single day for 30 days. And while you're doing that, watch how much money you save, right? If you're making $150 a day and you do this for 30 days, you made $4,500 by spending an hour and a half to maybe two hours delivering groceries to somebody's house because let's face the facts, COVID is still real. There are still millions of people who do not want to go to a grocery store or leave their home, right? And so because of this, this creates an opportunity for someone who potentially might need to save some money or pay off some debt, an opportunity to earn that income without having another job, without having to worry about a babysitter, without having to worry about how will it conflict with their regular schedule. We have $150 a day at 30 days times 12 months. You're looking at $54,000 a year extra for giving up two hours of TV time delivering groceries. You gotta think outside of the box, okay guys? You really do. If you know how to do hair, if you know how to braid, if you know how to do something that is going to allow you to earn additional income without you stressing, how do you do it? How do you make that happen? What options do you have? Think about it. How can you make more money? Do what you love. Do something that you're passionate about. Something that provides you... Um, a mission to your goals and your family goals. What does your profession look like? Will it allow you to be an advocate for something? 
What else does the world need? How many things were invented because we didn't have TVs and cell phones? Hmm? How many great things were invented? The cell phone was invented because somebody was bored watching TV. Abraham Lincoln said, whatever you are, be a good one. Doesn't matter what you are, just be good at what you do. As I was having a conversation with my coach and my mentor, um, I offer a lot of services, right? I help everybody. But my niche, right? They say there's riches and niches. And for your niche, you can become rich, right? And I help the small business owner. That is my passion. Um, it's a desire that I have. I do it. Uh, I wake up thinking about my clients, I go to bed thinking about my clients because I enjoy what I do. I enjoy watching that process to see a client who started something because they were passionate about it and then decided, you know, you know what, I just don't know, you know, I have no clue. And it's okay to not know and it's okay to not have a clue, but get help. You know, have the conversations with the right people. I have a young lady who came to me about a year ago, two years ago, because we've been together a year at least now. Uh, she was making $61,000 in her business. That was the total revenues of income. And so, um, luckily, she was providing a service and not a product. So, she was able to, you know, not have to put much of that 61 back buying products. Um, now, she's at $418,000. Because we created a niche for her and she listened and she was coachable and she didn't mind paying my fee. There are some people who could get so much knowledge and they think having a coach or a business advocate or someone on their team to guide them is a the wrong thing. Let me tell you, it's the best thing you can do and I'm not saying because I am a business coach. I'm saying it because I have my own coach. My own coach cost me a lot of money, but I also make good money because I am teachable. Okay? You have to be teachable, but you also have to have a niche. You ever go to a barber, and I know this is with guys. There are some guys who goes to a very specific barber because he can do something special to a beard. Or you might have one that just give you the best lineup in the world. Or you have some that use, like, um, don't don't judge me, the little white powder line. They like the line. And then some uses the airbrush because they want to, you know, fill in a spot or two. But you know that barber's niche. You know who you can take your son to and put whatever design in his head. For me, I had to use, um, we had to go through a process to figure out who was the best barber for my son because his hair... It, it, it's just, it's so soft and it's so curly and he had a different texture, but, you know, he wanted some naps, even though that's not what God gave him. And he was trying to figure out his way and it just was kind of like, uh, what can we do for him to give him what he wants um, and still feel like he wants to feel? And it took us a while to shop around and, and try different people. And it's a process because God's hair just, you know, grows differently to women. 
Or you have some ladies who will only go to a master stylist because she can wait, she can lay a wig like nobody else. Those are niches and they're becoming wealthy in their niche, right? So don't be afraid to have a niche. A niche is very important, right? People do not become millionaires because they don't make enough money. It's because they spend too much of the money that they make. Now I'm going to say this one more time because I know it was a couple of y'all that didn't catch that. People don't become millionaires because they don't make enough money. It is because they spend too much of the money they make. People are afraid to be on a budget. People are afraid to take lunch. People get lazy and don't want to cook. Or and Let me tell you something. If you plan to cook, you're going to go home and cook. Because you know that you took the meat out, right? Because you're not going to waste the food. If you plan, you won't plan to fail. But if you fail to plan, you will fail. So I'm going to say it one more time. People don't become millionaires because they don't make enough money. It is because they spend too much of the money they make. Okay? People lose because they want things fast when life is long and you only live once. You're never in this on your own. I have to tell one of my clients, the only person who can take care of your older self is your younger self. So what is that younger self, what is that person right now? doing to prepare for the person who you will become. Who is going to take care of you? Will your bills be paid off? Who will you depend on? Do you have a plan? Financially, will you be stable? It only takes one person in the family to cut the light on for everybody. It only takes one person to cut the light switch on. Who's the one person in your family? Will you be that person to cut the switch on? Hmm? Financial wellness has to do with your relationship with money. It refers to how secure your money is, given all the variables involved in the unknown future. Listen guys, I have a budget checklist that's available on the website. So go to the website, okay? alpfirm.com download the sheet create a budget figure out what you're gonna do will you go into 2022 with the same mindset the same activities and the same practices that you've done year after year don't let your new year's resolution be you going on a diet okay let your new year's resolution say that you're going to financially be a different person because when you become aware of what you're doing financially and you're cooking, you're not eating out, well, it will affect your weight. When you're doing things, you can then train yourself to do other things. Find an accountability partner. Talk to someone at your church. Become partners with someone at work. Find somebody who can support you, whether it's your mom, your dad, your grandmother, a family member, someone from the church your pastor, your minister, your first lady, I don't care who it is, figure out a plan. 
have the conversation. We have a week, we have a six week budget class that we're going to be doing pretty soon. Keep an eye on that. Join us on social media, follow the page and put on the notifications. You never know what you're going to miss. So that way you can be a part of all of the things that we give you for free. There is a ton of things that we provide to our clients for free. And last but not least, if you are not a part of our text community, <clears throat> text us 770-874-7528. That's 770-874-7528. <coughs> Excuse me guys, I need some water. You all have a wonderful wonderful day. Prepare for Thanksgiving if you're celebrating. If not, figure out how you guys can make things and maybe have people come by the house and pick up a dish. Enjoy your family and plan so you don't plan to fail. Thank you for joining me today. I'll speak to each and every one of you guys again on Saturday at 11 a.m. Have a great day. Thank you for joining. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Business Is Good with Chantel Williams, entrepreneur of 20 years, speaker and rising authority on business finances through her accounting and development company, ALP The Firm. This podcast is for entrepreneurs, freelancers, side hustlers, whether you're wanting to quit your day job or you've been a boss for a while. Tune in every Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern and Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern for everything you need to experience to have a good business on Business Is Good. Throughout your day on The Light.